0: Hello there! Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talk Back. The Sermon Talk Back is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text-to-pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com/slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, guys, Well, we have finished Reach the World 2021, man, it was a big week.
1: Party. It was a big week. What
0: a week. A what a <laughs> week. Uh, I loved really every part of it. Maybe I missed some parts. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you what I went to because okay. I feel like there was so much going on. I don't even think I went to everything, but
2: the Spotted Cow. I didn't go to the Lydian. <sighs> mm. the Same. ladies Same. event.
1: Yeah. I stopped by. Would how, how, it look it good? Started, did it look it good? looked amazing.
2: I heard they were dressed better than the men of the. It looked cow. amazing.
0: Well, as they should be. I mean, yeah. the, the spotted cow is like not a dressy event. It's safe. to I feel to like the Lydian is, is better. though. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I went to the. Let's see. The next thing was the lunch and learn. That was awesome. With Barrett,
2: I yeah, learned. It was awesome, <laughs> and I ate lunch. Same. And then
0: the goal. Uh, no, it really he really did a good job talking about contextualization. Barrett's a good, Barrett's a good teacher. Like I I always like when Barrett teaches. And then, um, and then let's see the parish, the D's, the South parish guy and I, well, wait, y'all are in the same.
1: We, we co-led the East. Y'all are in the East. How, how are things over there in the East? The East is great. Yeah. We did this little survey, kind of the best of the Northeast, best pizza, best burger. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, it was uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, best place to run and walk. It was good. Man, the east.
0: I feel like the south. I it was, mean, there's it's just some hidden, it's so hot down gems. there. <laughs> uh, it's hot in the south. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> the South <laughs> South Beach Gathering was great though. We had it at night because you know it's really hot. Um, but it was great. Smart. And then uh, the prayer gathering the prayer I think Saturday was
2: really that good. That was special. Mm. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for leading us in that. I know Jordan. And Josh.
0: Happy Josh to. did a great job too. Yeah. It, it was really good. And something then about
1: music and prayer. Mm-hmm.
0: The packing event. Amazing, that was. I will say this. I've been, to I've done a lot of those packing events. This was the hardest I've worked. You know, I feel like a lot of times the packing event, like you're, you're celebrating, it's like not that hard. But this one's like, oh my gosh, like, I remember we, first, we got to our first ten thousand meals. I was like, oh my, ten thousand. I was about ready to stop. I was like, left. Yeah. I was like, I don't, think I don't think we're gonna do this. Our table, exceeded.
1: our table worked straight from five thirty to past seven thirty. I mm. think we were the last table. You know, y'all were the best table. Yeah. I mean, you were the best table. I didn't want to say that, but we were. <laughs> we were actually trying to be. I was trying to figure out how to make it more exciting. So the Youssef table was right yeah, next. They were to the us. second best table, and they actually beat us, but they started earlier than us. So I,
2: I initiated, and we worked longer. I initiated some table-to-table partnership is what I, how I pitched it. And mm. I just stole people's meals and ours gave was them to Oh, no
1: one, thank you. <laughs> so Strong. you can fill up boxes Appreciate faster. that.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, and then, you know, Sunday. I mean, that's, I guess, what we're here to talk about. Uh, we had a great worship service yesterday. Uh, you know, we were going to talk about this at the end, but let's talk about it at the beginning. The singing was really good yesterday. Mm-hmm.
1: We did the um, Psalm 150, praise the Lord. We didn't. That was two weeks ago. But- oh. Ever, ever, My hope ever, is built.
0: No, uh, we did the everlasting love of God. Everlasting yeah. love of God. Yes, that's what I was trying to think. And yeah. then, and then we did the yet not I but in, through Christ. Yep. And then yep. we start. We started with solid rock. Yep. Which you know, I mean, classic. Yeah.
2: Where else to start?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you basically like basically it's a it's a successful worship service, <laughs> so you just sing that one song. <laughs> and then, um, and then we did the is he worthy, which I thought was really cool. Let the yeah. nations be glad. You had some thoughts on this, Jeremy?
2: Well, yeah. The. Uh, and to, to your point just now, like where we started was really important, you know, centered on Christ. And then it kind of led into, well, what, what is Christ accomplishing through his people um, and through his word? And that is the gladness of the nations mm. and, and he's receiving the worship that he's due, uh, that he's worthy of. And so I just, I thought it was a really helpful progression and, um, and and those songs in particular just highlight something that's clear throughout Scripture that maybe we don't always sing about. That's and awesome. So I yeah. I love
1: was I, was, awesome. I love crafting services that I mean the gospel story is powerful, mm-hmm. right? And so when when you start with the love of God, confessing our sins, the assurance of salvation, it's Christ in us, He is worthy, and then our response of yeah, let's let's join in this mission that mm-hmm. God is God is doing in this work. Yeah. Yeah, in the world that's yeah, awesome it was
0: a great service um and then we and we talked about and I guess this is we'll get to what we're gonna talk about today um I kind of I kind of like this little sermon series even though it's just like a little two weeker um but it, it, it was kind of interesting to me because we kind of started at the beginning of something mm-hmm. and then we went to the end of something and we you could have done a few weeks even just in this and talked about all that happened I mean if you read, just go read Acts 13 and 14. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. um, which we really didn't, we kind of talked about it at a high level. We didn't really talk about particularly, um, but just all that was accomplished, but it, it's really the mission of this church, the church at Antioch. And basically the point of the sermon was we probably got a lot to learn from this church as a church. And we looked at a couple of things or seven things in particular. Um, it was gonna be six, but we I added one and uh I'll uh, I'll talk about what I added here but um right I know so it was a, it was a church that um was healthy had healthy leadership right they um great elders um just solid people we kind of went through their things so let's, let's we'll we'll kind of talk about each one here so mm-hmm. um I love some of those backstories. I think Luke mentions them because he wants us to kind of think about, okay, you know, who's Lucius, who's Mm Menean, how are they kind of connected? Um, And we gave a couple of exhortations there. Number one was to kind of pray and honor your leaders. It's a hard job. Mm -hmm. Number two is to aspire to be leaders. So, yeah, any kind of reflections or questions um, maybe in reflection on that?
1: Wow, I just love, I mean, uh, you know, one, one of the things I appreciated even coming to Christ Covenant last year was the desire to raise up and equip leaders mm-hmm. and because it's, it's vitally important. And it, particularly, I think, in this day and age where we love celebrities and, and there are these figureheads that we just kind of, we put an inordinate amount of importance to. And instead of, you know, the hard work at times a slow work of Mm -hmm. raising up and training and discipling leaders, Mm -hmm. um, so that they can then disciple and train. Right. And, and so I, I I love that you made that point and I love that you made it to men and women, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that God has called all of us to aspire to leadership, aspire to discipling, training, um, equipping other people. Like that's, that's making disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's fulfilling the great commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I love that you made that point. Yeah, that's good.
2: It's, yeah, I love how you drew, drew a contrast to the celebrity kind of focused on one individual uh, way that we can sometimes look at missions or, or just uh, church ministry. And it's, it's in fact, like you said, uh, a, a process of raising up people and Jesus did that you know, that's what Jesus was doing. Paul underscores such things all the time. Second Timothy two, obviously is a example. People think of, you know, commit to faithful men what I have taught you <laughs> who can teach others also, right? This kind of multiplying and raising up of others and investing in others. Um, and that, I think that implies that there would be some who would want to be invested in, um, in which I think goes on to this kind of next point here of what would it look like? than to aspire to that leadership but i think that that theme of raising up others is clear throughout scripture yeah i think the thing i think that's a great question like
0: how do you aspire to leadership and i really think it is this seek to be useful with the gifts that god has given you right Mm -hmm. and so you know really and really that just starts off with like a commitment to your church um, if you're committed to your church, if you love your church body, if God has gifted you, which we believe if you're in Christ, he has, mm-hmm. then just go seek to be useful. You know, okay, how can I use these gifts? And I think that'll either lead you, um, you know, kind of toward one of two paths. It'll either lead you down like the practical service side. If your gifts are more like deacon oriented, then you'll, you know, be able to be the kind of person that, you know, maybe you're not ever like going to be some great, you know, Bible teacher or or necessarily like a shepherd overseer, but you'll, you'll use the more practical gifts that you have to serve the needs of the church or to lead you toward kind of eldership, which is, you know, overseer shepherd pastor, um, of the flock. And so uh, I think as you're just faithful to use the gifts that you've been given, um, and to put yourself in situations where you have good models around you, um, I think that'll just kind of happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just kind of happens. It's the people that are faithful to use the gifts they've given that seek out discipleship that ultimately become leaders in the
1: church. Well, Mm -hmm. and that's such an important point because I think we can place too much importance in the title, Mm -hmm. right? And so we think we, I mean, I I had to work through this just in seeking to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many guys, same category. We think we need the position title in order to do the work. That's a good word. Rather than, no, you do the work. And, and this is what scripture says. Like, what are the qualifications? Well, that's just, this person is doing fruitful ministry. And then the congregation says, yes, we want this person to be an elder. Mm-hmm. Or they're faithfully serving. They've been tested. Yes, we want this person to be a deacon. Like that. That's, that's the way to do it. Rather than, oh, well, I'm just waiting around or asking like, hey, can I have this title? And then I can get to mm-hmm. the work of, you know, whatever it might be.
2: Yeah. And Paul, interestingly, just a side note. He addresses so many different kinds of people in his letters when he's like writing to the church in Rome. He's like, you know, I'm thankful for all of these people who helped me in these particular ways. And so to your point earlier about like there's diversity in the gifts we have, how can we just be useful to use them for how you've called us to in a strategic way? you not everybody need on the, on a church planting team needs to be an elder. Yeah. You know, there, there needs to be other roles actually right. yeah. as well. And
0: and I think it also speaks to, I think that's a good word to, to the plurality of, of elders. And And so if let's say like as a senior pastor, if I'm the person that's like, okay, that's the pastor, that's the leader, then anyone that's not gifted like me, is going to have a harder time kind of aspiring because they're like well i'm not like jason therefore. Yeah. but if you i mean if you just think about our elder board like well this is the three of us like you know we actually don't share a lot of the same gifts i mean yeah. maybe some but like you know mm-hmm. jordan has different gifts you have i mean we all three have actually very different gifts and so and then the fact that we're three in leadership here at the church okay that that kind of gives a breadth mm-hmm. of you know modeling I guess of what this looks like and and all of our gifts as different as they are are really really useful in our church and can be useful in any church mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, it's, good. it's good. All right and then kind of related to that they were committed to worship they were committed to be together you know I think you could say like um is that really in the text well it kind of is I mean they they're obviously a worshipping church mm-hmm. uh, and the Lord is at work through them. And so I just think it's a great exhortation to, um, again, I'm just, that's just getting back at this big question that I think Christianity needs to just talk about more and more, what is the church, right? It's not, I'm consuming good content. It's not, I'm going to a neat event. It is, we are a body called together, called out by the gospel, called together um, in the gospel, mm-hmm. in the kingdom of Christ, and then sent out to work. Mm-hmm sent out his laborers. Yeah,
1: I lead a small group, community group, and I, I wrote down the question, because I want to discuss this in our group on Wednesday. What does it mean to be present in the future to be used? So I think that's a good, it, it, you know, the idea of what, what does it mean to be present? What does the idea of presence mean for each one of us individually? I mean, I think it's think a good question for all of us to think through in terms of our time and our energy and, you know, our priorities. Uh, So I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that out of the text.
2: And one uh, thing that I was reminded of as we were singing, is he worthy was, you know, second or first Peter two, nine, but you are a chosen race, a Royal priesthood, a Holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And just this reality that we are a priesthood um, and that that's in offering sacrifices of worship to our Lord. But also in like kind of intercessory ministry to others. Um, and so I just, I think that's a powerful identity that yeah, we need to carry. A kingdom of priests.
0: Yeah, with us. Right, so and then we, we talked about how they were committed to prayer. Again, we see this kind of throughout Paul. I mean, obviously we were catch them at the beginning of this, they're praying. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm making a couple, I mean, you know, if, if this was the sermon critique thing, I, I think you could ask that question. Like, are you making too many implications here and i would say i'm I'm making some but at least they're they're definitely educated implications because these themes come up all throughout the new testament and all throughout paul and i'm just assuming that all these things are also true of the church of antioch which again there's reason to believe that it was Mm -hmm. they're they're a prayerful church and um and i think one of the reasons that paul feels so compelled to go back and and celebrate with them in the text we looked at yesterday Is he knew that they were kind of with him Mm -hmm. you know he he knew that they were they were intrigued praying for all about the ministry that was happening and that's been very common throughout the kind of history of the christian church this idea of the scent and the sender um and i really want Christ's covenant to get there to where we really see ourselves as and and we've been in a very scent stage i mean we're you know three and a half year old church plant let's get this thing off the ground yeah but I, as we mature i want us to get into cinder and i think there's a prayer covering responsibility that
1: comes along with that mm-hmm. well and i love that we're starting it as soon as possible mm-hmm. because it's easy to you know become complacent as you grow and just kind of become more mature as a church So I think from the very beginning, trying to instill that in our DNA, we are, we, yeah, we have been, you know, poured into, but we want to pour into others. Um, It's, it's important. So I had a question about the next one. So your fourth point was had a strategic plan. And so like, my question is, how do you balance being spirit led with having a strategic plan for, for mission? That's a
0: great question. Um, I mean, and again, I'm just, I'm just drawing off. Like Paul seems to be doing the same kind of thing over and over again. Yeah, but there is a balance in his ministry. Yeah. Uh, so I, it seems to be the New Testament balance is this: the spirit led part is more like, um, you know where to go, um, and you know how to go. I mean, even like think of Paul, like his next missionary journey. Uh, you know, if you remember, I think it's is act 16, you know, I tried to go here. I tried yeah. to go there. And then the man from Macedonia came. Yeah. And so, um, there's definitely this like spirit led of like, who's the Lord sending us to? And even the acts 13, who is the Lord sending? Right. But once they're sent, it seems to be kind of obvious the vehicle that God wants to use. Now, I think there's a, there's a hmm. within this like strategic template there seems to be a lot of like spirit led moments. Like, how do you enter? How do you begin? Like, for example, I'm just thinking about Mars Hill. Like, was Paul yeah. led there to say what he did say about the you know unknown God? That seems like a spirit led moment. But but his goal wasn't different. His goal was I've got to enter into the conversation, and I've got to evangelize now a lot of times like how did he enter he went to the synagogue Mm -hmm. right and so he had some like best practices sometimes they didn't work but i mean the goal was there was always a strategic plan evangelize disciple plant a church raise up leaders exit
1: yeah
0: or or plant a multiplying church right Mm -hmm. and uh you were just saying jordan too this this came to mind um i like that we're starting at the very beginning i kind of think this I kind of think either you'll be a scattering church or multiplying church or God will scatter you. Mm. And that's usually not fun. Mm. Like, I think if you, if you hold on, you either kind of have the posture of like, we want to scatter, we want to grow, we want to multiply, or you try to hold on to the gifts that the Lord's given you and, and he kind of rips them away. And it's, Usually more painful when that happens, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've seen that happen in some churches. You know, um, where there's just this kind of holding on to a brand or holding on to something. And and and, and look, I get it because there are some sweet seasons in the church that you yeah. don't want to lose, and yeah. it's easy to kind of grab hold of those. But I think if you if you don't have some sort of a scattering mindset, like the Lord will do it, and and it's not going to be as
2: fun when He does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's kind of three underlying things that are always at work as we think about a strategic plan for mission the providence of god is always underlying this um the holy spirit has inspired scripture and so we we know kind of we have the word of god and so we we always are drawing these things from there as you mentioned yesterday like this wasn't just something that the IMB thought of. Like this was what they observed in the word of God, which is inspired by the spirit of God. And then the the local church is always underscoring these things. The spirit of God is at work in the local church, which Barrett talked a lot about last week, you know, as we saw in Acts 13. And so I think when you're just like trying to be the most like healthy local church you could possibly be, as you, if that's just what you're trying to do because that's what the spirit of god is leading the church to do and and you're you're reading scripture you're trying to do what it says and you're trusting in the providence of god you're going to know i mean you're not you're going to know kind of what to do and mm-hmm. in as the moments come you're going to say you know i think this is it seems best to us and to the spirit of god that we do this as was kind of often the language that they use they're like it seems best to us and to the spirit that this is what we should do and God will redirect
1: it. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. And I think it's a good evaluation question of even even evaluating your personality and propensity towards one or the other. Like I tend to be a planner. Mm-hmm. I like plans. And that brings a lot of clarity and mm-hmm. faith. Um, I actually need to grow in being spirit led. Like God, God might redirect me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's not a mistake. That's not like some left turn. God's not surprised by it. He's leading. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas other people, I think need more planning, you know, they they (laughs) need to be a little more strategic. Um, so I think there's a, there's a good tension within the two Mm -hmm. um, that seems to honor what what's happening in the new Testament. That's
0: good. It's interesting to kind of piggyback on that. And the next thing we talked about is commitment to scripture and i talked about this i think i said this was kind of the one i added and just kind of reflecting on some of the stuff that i heard barrett say i do think it's very easy for when you get out and you're trying to evangelize you're trying to make disciples in a different context to divorce christianity from the bible like that's a great temptation that people have kind of always had right uh, i don't think that that's a new thing, and again, I've heard you know preachers say um, the early church didn't have the Bible; they just gave witness to resurrection, yeah. and look how it went. But that is just wrong. Like it's that's a very deceptive thing to say because um, that's just not what we actually see in Scripture. They're making disciples, and they're they're pointing to again. They didn't have the New Testament though obviously there's evidence in the new testament of people using the writings of paul like they're they're already using the scripture the new testament scripture early in the church but but from the very very beginning of the church the, there's a commitment to what god has revealed in the old testament and so i yeah just i, I think that and obviously you saw that if you just read through those 13 and 14 journeys they're appealing to the scripture. They're they're anchoring themselves in what God has revealed.
1: I was having that conversation with Todd Bourne, who's one of the missionaries that came. It's actually my brother-in-law. Just about okay. So uh, when we're thinking about evangelism and this cultural understanding of people are attached to story now, and okay, so we're you know we're trying to tell a, a, a better story, um, but we were just remarking how if we're not careful, that can be separate from the word of God. Like actually the goal, the goal of, you know, entering into a person's world through story is to get them to the word of God, you know, to, to scripture. Um, and that's the strength of like, you know, just going straight to scripture. But we were talking about how, you know, in a, in a post-religious context, um, an authoritative text is not a category for That's people right. yeah. versus yeah. like he, you know, he, he does ministry work in Dubai where many people are religious. So the idea of an authoritative text makes sense to them, right? right. whether it's the Quran mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, we're having to kind of reshape and reframe, but that doesn't mean that we then like bypass scripture. Mm. It's no, we're, we're trying to enter in, into scripture, but we have to do some work before then.
2: Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good.
0: And then last to sacrifice, they were willing to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And we looked at a couple of examples of that. One of the most moving ones, I mean, we talked about how they would give their best leaders. We talked about how they would give. One of the most moving things to me is just that that Paul does change his name. Mm -hmm. You know, he, and, and I think I've had so many conversations recently, you know, even like political conversations, people are like upset about the direction of the country or in, and, and and so much of that, I think is just a, like I'm having to give up on something that is, I see as good and that I see as familiar. Um, and I was kind of, I'm just kind of reflecting that. Like Christians have always given up on something that was familiar or something that they thought was good. If it meant that the gospel could advance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even your own name, uh, yeah. um, shouldn't be so familiar that, you know, you can't, you can't change in order to meet people where they are. So I just thought that was mm-hmm. an interesting thing. And there's obviously Paul, the stoning. I mean, there's a lot to say about sacrifice and the sacrificial nature of this early church.
2: And I Zane Pratt couldn't be with us, but, um, I've actually learned a lot from him about kind of this idea. I think he points to second Corinthians eight or nine, um, maybe first Corinthians, but, uh, you know, this idea of laying down our rights and how that relates to contextualizing the gospel to different places. And, um, and so, like you said, like this, this changing of his name, we just, we just don't identify so much. I think with the idea that as people bought by Christ, we're called to lay down our lives, um, our rights for the sake of Mm -hmm. others as Christ did. And he had equality with God, yet did not consider it a thing to be used for his own advantage or as a right, basically. Right. And and that's what we're called to as Christians um, who are intrinsically invited into the story of God, into the mission of God. Hmm. Um, and so that should be kind of our posture all the time, but that's not our natural posture. No. Yeah. Um, it's, you, it's to make advantage of We wanna of use rights. everything <laughs> we have to our advantage, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, a, a good illustration of this like a microcosm is community groups. Mm. What makes a community group that's friends and comfortable and living life together multiply into two community groups? It's mission, Mm. right? It's this idea that God has invited us into something where it's not just to make our lives comfortable, but we are actually looking out even as we lock arms together in friendship to the other people mm-hmm. and and so there's actually an excitement in hey we get to multiply our efforts so that more people can experience biblical fellowship mm-hmm. and and community if i don't have that category then splitting our group you know divorcing right, our right, group like right. it's always a negative thing mm-hmm. and and i i've told people for years like what we long for in that is heaven where we'll all be together that's right and and we'll have all the time in the world uh but we're not in heaven yet Mm -hmm. yeah all of these
0: celebrations are not complete which kind of gets to the last point like we're not feasting in endless joy just yet exactly we only get to feast for a little while um and so those two are related i mean one of the things that we were talking about is like even giving up your best leaders and and that i think relates to the community group it also relates to the church like if if we're going to be serious about you know multiplying as a church like there may come a day when some of our favorite leaders some of our elders some of our best community group leaders are called away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I say there make them a day, like there has to come a day. <laughs> like yeah. if we, if we really want to be a, uh, multiplying church, um, and, and, you know, we don't, we, we don't know who that is, is going to be. I mean, I, I, I say this like hopefully like with no fear and trepidation in the members of our congregation, like it may be me, you right. know, but, um, you know, and that was something that actually like that I've actually lived through. I mean, you know, we, people would say that, that 2016 missions conference, we, we kind of preached ourselves into a different calling or, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 and it was really just the Lord using that missions conference. And then a few other things to work on our heart, to, to, to open our heart to maybe the area where God um, was, was moving us. And, and just so you know, like, I feel like incredibly useful here right now. <laughs> like I'm not trying to create any fear in the life of our church, but, um, but I, yeah, but even that, like, I don't want to ever get to a place where, I don't hear from the spirit because I'm, I'm closed off, um, to what he might be doing in my life. Um, and I don't want, yeah, I don't want, I don't want comfort to ever
1: be, um, a deafening part of my existence. Right. But yeah. And, you know, I loved your point about that. We do momentarily celebrate, like we do momentarily feast. It's not permanent, but you know, our, our corporate gathering each Sunday is an opportunity to come together and celebrate all that God's doing with the group that God has for us right now. Mm-hmm. But, and that, that's that tension, right? Where, yeah. What if one day you're called somewhere else or Blake's called somewhere else or Thomas or Jeremy or me, or, you know, whoever, whoever it is, group of the, group of members in the church. Um, that's, that's that like balance between the the planning of okay we have this right now and we're gonna use the gifts that we have to the best of our ability we're gonna celebrate all that god's doing we're gonna be joyful while we're doing it this is amazing you know there's amazing staff it's amazing membership and god's working right and and the spirit's working <laughs> and yeah i think comfort and familiarity can actually be a hindrance to how the spirit's working We're well, right? just and, comfortable yes
0: and i think too. I think that's such a, a great, I mean, yes, yes. And I think even to the point of celebration, I just was thinking, if you don't look forward to corporate worship, it's because you're not living a missional enough life. Mm. Like if you're living missionally and, you, and you're out there on missions for Christ, you, you long to be gathered with people that, you know, are joyful in the narrative in the story of Christ, in the worship of Christ, in the worship of the Lord. And so I just say, like, like I, if you're going to be missional, you're going to need the court. You want, you long for those celebrations. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of thing. Then you just take that and just times ten it or times a million it. Um, if you're not longing for the great celebration uh, around the throne of God with Christ from every tribe, tribe tongue, like think about like how much a missionary longs for the wedding feast yeah. knowing that, okay, all this labor, I'm going to be again with the people that I grew up with. Like, I'm just saying like a missionary from the United States, let's say, I be again with those people that I love that were a yeah. huge part of my life. I'm going to see these people that I've been laboring with. They'll be there. You know, there's just this great thing, yeah. you know? And, um, and yeah, I think we just need to be reminded that, you know, so we were in Birmingham. We had a good reminder of this yesterday. We, we were in Birmingham. We started this church kind of off of Valleydale, Iron City, and it's going well. And yesterday, a guy visited our church from Iron City. And uh, he, you know, and then we like preached on mission and he goes, oh, like, I love all the churches you've started, is what he said. <laughs> and uh, it was just like this, oh, okay, like, yeah, like, you know, God is... F- Faithfully and Cam the pastor there now. He's doing an amazing job. Like, like that's that that was like really encouraging to me in terms of just like, okay, like, you know, to that point, like if the Lord ever moved us, like yeah. God's just gonna use, like, oh, you know, Father, use my reds of life in any way you choose. Yeah. Again, to quote Jordan Coughlin, you mm-hmm. know, and so um, yeah, I mean, that's what I that's what I want to be character of my life and the character of all of our lives as a church. And that's how. The Lord's really going to make us effective,
1: and I think yeah, the the mission, the desire for mission, and more the excitement that God's working and in, He invites us to participate is the thing that's going to drive us. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, wow. it's always going to be feel like sacrifice is going to feel hard. We're going to you know emphasize mm-hmm. ah this mm-hmm. is this is difficult, um, rather than now oh, God's doing something. Yeah, right. Like yeah. He He's working.
2: Yeah. To your to the question or the discussion we had earlier of like, well, how do we how do we uh, do it like what paul did here where they declared all that god had done and like when they thought about when they were sent out that it was that they were commended to the grace of god like there was this god-centeredness uh to all of this and i think if we're if we're having trouble living in that tension that we just talked about which like i think we all do actually at times experience, we all do yeah. uh the difficulty of that one way or the other i mean mm-hmm. even jesus did yeah Exactly. I mean,
0: when he was facing the cross, which is like the hardest mission ever. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll give him a pass, but like, (laughs) but, you know, but he, there was like a sense of, you know, there was a sense of sadness when he was leaving his disciples. I mean, like he felt that same pain that we all feel. Exactly. It's a real thing. It's
2: not even sinful to feel the pain. Exactly. And that's like the... It seems simple, but that's the response. If you're feeling difficulty with that tension, look to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The kingdom he talked about was a kingdom that was here and yet it's not here yet. Yeah, He was there with them and he was so with them, but then like they didn't want him to leave and he left anyway. There's mm-hmm. just so much there in his life. So this has been a really helpful uh, conversation for me
0: so thanks guys this has been this has been fun it's it's it, great i kind of like this new little format of just kind of walking through maybe we should change the are we changing the format of the <laughs> sermon talkback for at least a week <laughs> right now i mean <laughs> let's do it let's do it well for jeremy brooks and jordan coughlin i'm jason dees thanks for listening